There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, and welcome to History Dweebs, where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. I'm Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is the trick-or-treat killer, Ronald Clark O'Brien. He was Phoenix. a bad. He was a bad guy. He, he killed a child and tried to poison other children at Halloween uh, down in Texas. And we're going to talk about all his uh, dastardly deeds. But before we do, uh, let me introduce our panel. Um, I'm very proud to introduce a lady that uh, really needs no introduction: the Queen of Mean, the Empress of Evil, the Mistress of the Macabre. Pill popping, penis loving Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm great, Timmy. How are you? I'm great. And of course, Brandy, this is, um, well, we have a Halloween podcast we're going to re- release next week, but right. this will be your last podcast before your um, surgery. Yes. So, it's my swan song. Well, just for a wee bit, you're just going to be gone for three weeks? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have a Halloween special that will come out next week. Um, that's that you that you participated in, mm-hmm. and then we'll have a couple weeks without you. And we'll either um, Chuck and I will either do a couple of podcasts or we won't, just depending on our mood. Is that it, Chuck, or our medication? Um, basically, how our medication holds up. Yeah, because you're you know we will miss you. We will miss you while you're away, and, um, you know, the podcast is much better when you're here, so. Well, you know, there's phones. I mean, you can call me, and I'm sure I'll post things because I'll be high on it. Well, we'll be in contact with you. I just mean for the podcast. I know, but I'm sure I'll put stuff out We there. might come out to the hospital. Now, what would I'll be, be doped up <clears throat> on the pain meds. Would it be a violation of the HIPAA rules if I came out to the operation room and... Film the operation. Did a live feed uh-huh. from I'm the go, operation. I'm going to ask if they'll do that. Yeah. Can we do them. that? I'll ask them. You know what? You haven't been introduced yet. Oh, You're not even here. I'm rude. This is Brandy's segment. I have such a little segment. Yes, she does. <laughs> you do go. So, Brandy, before we, before we go and before I introduce uh, our co-host here, do you have any uh, any thoughts, comments before we get started? No, I'm just ready to go and get this thing over with and... Move on. Well, I'm sure that it will go well, and you'll be back soon uh, podcasting um, uh, and making uh, numerous more podcasts with us, and um, 
rent winning uh, awards and uh, well the accolades uh, accolades yeah. seriously yeah. yeah you got a very nice gift I did I got a wonderful wonderful beautiful Afghan from Mary Ray which means I now have two Mary Ray Afghans. Now, let me ask you about this. Colonel, you can talk on this because I want your advice. <laughs> Thank Are, you. Isn't there uh, immigration laws that you can't just send Afghans to people? There's Afghan. You can't swing a dead cat around a house without that an Afghani. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. I, 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 I thought that uh, he sleeps Homeland Security he sleeps in the floor, it's fine. would be. Uh, no, we're just kidding. Mary. Mary Ray Smith, they're a be- very beautiful, beautiful uh, UK Afghan, and uh, if you would be, if you're interested in having her make one for you, um, she does good work. She does excellent work, and uh, she and she does our logo. Yes, she does. She does the history of logo. Just uh, uh, drop me a message, and or, or yeah, heck, just if you're on, if you're on our page, the History Dreams Podcast page, you can just contact Mary Ray directly. She does wonderful work. Thank yes. you very much for that. Yes. Come I will be taking one of those to keep me warm. I'm saying it's coming at a perfect time. I know. Well, so yeah. one of those will be coming to keep me warm in those cold hospital rooms. Well, we hope everything goes perfect and uh, that you're back and we're podcasting in a couple weeks with you. Um, let me also introduce uh, another man who needs no introduction. A um, man who won't wait for an introduction. Most Clearly. Of the time. <laughs> Uh, a man of God, a man of uh, st- who has a strong moral compass. The uh, re- <laughs> Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Not pleased, Timmy. Why don't I ever get introduced as Reverend? I'm a reverend. Because you don't practice the Lord's work. You ain't out there doing I the Lord's work. I practice the Lord's work, work every day. We do not. I come and yeah. not kill you motherfuckers every day. We do not. We, you know, we, we do not. You know, you're, 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 no, you're a member. We know you're a member of the, the satanic law. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we don't, we're talking about, uh, Colonel here is a member of a Christian organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, church, <laughs> of the La- church of the Latter-day Colonel. Colonels. Yeah. So I'm not pleased today, Timmy. Why? Why you're not pleased again? Well, let me tell you. I looked up a. a I saw a review uh-huh. for our uh, for our little podcast here on iTunes. On iTunes. Actually, we got a nice review. Yeah, but before that one, Ugh pissed one two three 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 two two. Oh, that guy. Irrelevant chatter. <laughs> Just tell the facts of the story. Well, here's the facts of the story, irrelevant chatter. I don't think I mean, I, he probably isn't listening anymore. With his well, no, he might give us a second chance because you know those so people. So you're going to piss got, him off. So well, yeah. I'm going to tell you what the facts of the chip. Here's only the facts of the review, story. So. Right now, good. your mama is uh, sharing uh-oh. a can of beans in a tent with a toothless hobo. That's the facts of that story. Wow. Okay, yeah. Colonel, you're harsh. a little upset. And I if I see. ever run into you, I'm going to put my foot so far up your ass that nothing's going to be relevant except me getting my foot out of your ass. You really take these iTunes reviews I pretty really yeah. seriously. So here, but here's there the ain't nothing that I say that's irrelevant. Are but, you ta- Well, it's a matter of opinion, but aren't you just taking your frustration with Timmy out on this part. Well, let me tell you another thing. Projecting, are you? Well, me and the devil, and, and, and 
And it's hard to side with the devil. It's hard to team up with the devil because you're, you're walking hand in hand with evil. But me and the devil, we feel that we don't really feel that this show is a democracy, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We don't feel that our input is it's neither asked for. Well, our input is not <laughs> taken because our input is never asked for. Right. Unilateral. You've got a pretty good uh, perspective of this whole situation. You're basically mm-hmm. the Putin of podcast. Thank you. He is. <laughs> so, yeah. He is. Yeah. He's a Putinista. Well, you are a Putinista. Uh, okay. It's hurtful. Unilateral decisions hurt everyone. I, I, they're only unilateral because I make them by myself. I, <laughs> I understand. Okay. But we did have a nice, a good review on iTunes from... So, hold on. You're just, you're just going to disregard my yeah. concerns? As he disregards everything else <laughs> yeah. that we say. Yeah. We're, we're not, not even going to get into... Dottie, what... I, because I know Dottie raised some fine boys, and I know Dottie taught you better than this. But... You know what she taught me when I do a podcast to put my phone away? That's what she taught me. And yet there's your <laughs> sense. Yeah, there it is, Landon. But it's not ringing, is it? Mine's not ringing. It was. It was. Um, so anyway, us of the... Uh, Remember uh, what that... Uh, what was the title of that review that we got? Irrelevant Chatter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, done? are you about done here? <laughs> so... So I see you're taking our concerns seriously. I am. I am going to uh, put it in committee and I, uh, send it to a committee, have them review it and make recommendations, and then uh, we'll, we'll move from there. Well, the, no, wait a minute. Is that the itty-bitty-titty committee? <laughs> Is that the committee? Here's the problem. Here's how it affects the show, Tim. Mm-hmm. Is that people, and, and, and I know this is so foreign to you that you, the thought of it is so out there that you just can't grasp it. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that listen. Some of our listeners actually like me and the devil. Oh, I know. I don't, I and they, they can get through your tone the condescension, <laughs> the mistreatment. <laughs> just it's some, just hurtful. It's, it's hurtful. hurtful. So, so it's what hurtful. you're telling me is we got uh, listeners that are pretty perceptive. It, well, we got listeners. Some of them are perceptive. Some of them are medicated. I believe. I, I If we took a toll, I'd say a toll. A poll. Yeah. I'd say about 80 I bet I would guess 80% of our listeners are medicated. Okay, let's go back to that last review again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's higher, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, we did get a good nice review from Fat Boy Gardner. Fat Boy. Text. Yeah, we very we love nice. Fat Boy yeah, Gardner. Fat Boy Gardner. He's neither fat nor or, a gardener. And you know that's like the UC Bearcats, Timmy. The, the bear cat. They're not a bear or a, a cat. A bear cat is neither bear nor cat. It's a marsupial. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're fat. Okay. So. Because the, they're a marsupial. It's a marsupial. Fucking really? Mm-hmm. That's what. Jesus Christ, Cliff yeah. Clavin. It's neither bear nor cat. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus. Yes. It has both in its name. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Thanks. Ah, let's get on to the trick or treat killer, shall Who we? Who's the Wild Kingdom guy? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know, but Biff always had to go out and fight the lion. Marlon Perkins. Marlon Perkins. <laughs> Marlon Perkins. And yeah, a bearcat has a prehensile tail. Really? You have yeah. a prehensile tail. means mouth. he can hang from a limb with his tail. He can wrap it around yeah, things and I know and what hang. prehensile means. Baby's got back. Hmm? Baby's got Baby's back. Baby's got back. Yeah. Yeah. 
possums have those too. Okay, let me give, uh, before we get into the story, let me give some quick shout-outs to our Patreon um, subscribers, those who support our podcast. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. We salute it. you. We do salute you. Uh, Alicia and Chip, Cindy Lou, Bridget, Angelo, Andrew Hap, Jennifer Siemens, Charlie, uh, Jahara, Brandy McBride, Amber McCain Scoville, and Patty Wooten. Uh, thank you all very, very much for supporting the program. If you would like to support the podcast, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, and you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel. You could you give just a wee bit, just a, a wee tiny bit. wee bit there. We really appreciate it. It helps uh, just cover, a touch, cover the just cost touch. of the podcast and Brandy's medications that she's going to need mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So uh, I, I got a couple of emails from uh, Terry Hens- Hensley who recommended a story that I'm going to check out, a um, story that I kind of knew about, but I uh, she suggested it. Uh, that it would make a cool story, and I'm going to check into it, Terry. And she also thinks Brandy is great. I well, I am. Well, yeah. what about those like five or six recommendations me and the devil have made? Yeah, they all have not been very good. <laughs> I also like to give a rec- uh, uh, shout out to Emmett, who also sent us a, a message on our history tweets page. I thank both of you very much. Um, Okay, let's talk about the trick or treat killer. Let's Ronald, talk about that guy, Ronald Clark O'Brien. Three names. O'Brien spelled O apostrophe B R Y A N. In case you're wondering. So not was. related to R O'Brien, who? No, I don't think we've so. we've got an O'Reilly. Yeah, we, we yeah we are. yeah and we have Brian 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 Snellings. Yeah. Byron. Byron Snelling. He, you know what? And he just said on the, on the page the other day, please don't pronounce my yeah. name to me. So I'm sorry, Byron. Okay, so let's uh, jump into the story of Ronald Clark Bar- uh, O'Brien. Okay, so you, Colonel, you probably remember the day when we were kids, uh, not that long ago. Not Shit. too long ago. When. Um, you could go trick-or-treating. There was never no concern about someone poisoning candy or putting a razor blade in an apple or anything like that. You just go out and go around the, to the neighborhood and, and get free candy. It was well, like life should be. The big concern was somebody give be you like a that. You damn know? apple. You should be able to walk around and women give you sex. I hate people who hand out like apples and toothbrushes and shit. Yeah. Get the hell up out of here. Oh, yeah, especially toothbrushes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah, and they know you're not going to eat an apple because the... I ain't eating no apple. You should take a needle and inject liquid... Well, never mind the fact that your mama gives you apples. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want candy. Okay. But anyway, um, this, oh, yes. uh, this uh, you know, this idea of a depraved stranger targeting children with tainted Halloween candy is uh, more fact. Uh, more fiction than fact. Uh, it was they, always out there when we was a kid. Yeah. I mean, it was always it, out there. Yeah. Uh, they studied it. This sociologist studied this phenomenon uh, for 20 years. The University of Delaware professor, Joel Best, and he could not find one case where a stranger deliberately poisoned trick-or-treaters. So yeah. it's largely a myth, although in this case, it's a true story. It's a true story. Yeah. Although kids, and when my kids, they was little, 
um, I always told him it was very easy to poison the Reese cups and the Milky Ways. Oh yeah. So yeah. I would not let my kid have Reese the cups, Reese cups the or Reese, the Milky or Ways. Or the full size candy bars. Or the full size candy bars. Can, yeah. that, that whole or the cash. Poison. The cash. Yeah. The people give you cash. I don't know who the hell gave cash out at Halloween. We never got any cash. Uh, people on get Halloween. pennies. Oh, you know no, we no, no. We didn't get Timmy, pennies. My kids. We we moved into a, a neighborhood that. Uh, yeah, we got food was, stamps in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we moved in to a neighborhood where we live where it was all um, really original owners of the houses, and they were all getting up there in years. The kids were grown. So we had the only kids on the street. So we would have, and we live in one of those neighborhoods that the houses are not too far apart. People will come from other neighborhoods to trick-or-treat in our neighborhood. Right. <clears throat> and uh, our neighbors used to have... Special Halloween things set aside for our kids because they, they were the only kids on the street. Mm-hmm. And my, my neighbor across the street, every year, each of the boys got a $5 bill. Nice. Yeah. And, and this neighbor just one day happened to uh, go to the racetrack, mm-hmm. put $5 on a horse called Logan's Run. Mm-hmm. Horse was going like 25 to 1 or something like that. He won like $150. Comes home. Gives Logan like half of it. Nice. Yeah. Those kids were spoiled when they grew up. Well, uh, despite the rumors of uh, strangers trying to, you know, poison children or put razor blades and apples or whatever, um, despite these rumors, as I said, and studies have shown that this just hasn't happened. Now, many communities around the country, you know, believed in this urban legend. And, you know, a lot of them banned trick-or-treating, and some of them, have been, the ones that continue trick-or-treating, a lot of them have certain uh, time frames when the, uh, the trick-or-treating has to occur, usually before dark. We do. Um, you, do you in your area? Yeah, they do up where I'm from, where we always go trick-or-treating. And it used to be we wouldn't have our, um, we could have our um, candy X-ray. Yeah. Or my dad would take it down to the police station and run a Mm -hmm. metal detector over it. Yeah. I don't know how he thought that was going to Well, and then they also, some places they have parties now, like in in community centers. Well, now they're harvest parties. Yeah. Because Halloween's the, you know, the witch season. Halloween is your day. Yeah. It is my big day. Mm -hmm. So, uh, although attacks on children, trick-or-treat is rare, if not existence, uh, a lot of people still believe in the urban legend and they... Prefer to err on the side of precaution. Sounds sounds reasonable. Now, one real example of a trick or treat poisoning occurred on Halloween in 1974, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me tell you a little bit about this dude. Ronald Clark O'Brien was born on March 19, 1944, in Deer Park, Texas. And so, if he was born on March 19th, Colonel, born on March 19th, well. She was uh, she was carrying. She was with child through the holidays. Yeah, four days after the Ides of March. Yeah, mm-hmm. right after the Ides of March. Two days after um, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Day. Yeah. So Ronald Clark O'Brien. She was probably drunk. Uh, he came from a good family. Um, he never got into any type of trouble growing up. He did well in high school and went on to study at the University of Texas. Um. Uh, October of 1974, he seemed to have it, um, he'd be living the American dream. He was a successful optrician, 
Optician. 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 So he looked at eyes. He looks at eyes. Okay. Living with his wife. Not vaginas. Uh, well, he probably looked at vaginas as well. Well, not as a profession. Well, I was an amateur gynecologist for a while. <laughs> I said profession. I didn't want to lose my profession. I didn't want to lose my amateur status. <laughs> That's your. You're business. still doing con- your continuing education work to keep your vagina peeping is not an Olympic sport that you need to worry <laughs> well, about. It should be. It really should. be. It should be. You know. You want you want to see you want to see crowds attend those uh, Olympic, Olympic event. events. Yeah. You yeah. look at you look at the one in Brazil. You look at the stadium mm-hmm. they were half full. But if you put vagina peeping in there, yeah. I'm guaranteeing you you'll get. You'll get ratings. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you got the droopy labias. That points taken Stop off. Stop talking. Just okay. yeah. acting like you know shit. <laughs> okay. You got the labia majora. Stop. I know my parts. <laughs> Ma- major and minor. Major and minor. Yeah. It's the, minor, like Asia. the minor is smaller. I always remember. It's like Asia. You yeah. got the Asia menorah uh-huh. and the Asia menorah. <sighs> right. M- yeah, what do you major got? Major or something. You got nuts. Shut up. And the little man in the boat. Oh, my God. And then the Bigfoot of all female plumbing things. Timmy? The G-Spot. <laughs> yeah. It's been talked about, but it's, nobody You know why they call it, G, it the G-Spot? No. Because you got to guess where the hell it is. Because <laughs> nobody knows. Because even if you had a GPS, you couldn't find that so yeah. I'm questioning whether or not you two could find a vagina <laughs> with a map and a flashlight. Good God. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to Ronald. So he was seemingly happy, living a middle-class uh, life with his wife, Dana. I believe that's how you spell it. Danae. Danae. It's probably like your middle name's all fucked mm-hmm. up. Pretentious uh, ass motherfucker. Danae and oh Ronald uh, were married. In 1974, they, were, they had two children. Timothy, age eight, cool name. <laughs> and their uh, daughter, Elizabeth, age five. It was the year I was born. Well, hey, uh, Elizabeth, you know, that's the name of a queen. So that's kind of a cool name. Sure. So Timothy, eight, and Elizabeth, five. Now, um, Ronald worked at the Texas State Optical in Texas State Optical in Charleston, just outside of Houston. So this is in the Houston area. Was that in a Sears? I don't know. Yeah. He was a deacon at the Second Baptist Church in his hometown, uh, and he also sang in the choir. Uh now, I don't know if he preached to the choir. That's pointless. Well, right. Uh, but he was in charge of the local uh, local bus program, I guess, getting the kids to choir and all that. So he was seen as this respectable, well-liked, respectable member of the community. Uh, in fact, many of the other parents uh, in the church would turn to him uh, for parenting and marriage advice. Oh, jeez. But despite appearances, Brandy, all was not well oh, in the goodness. O'Brien household. Uh, Ronald was deep deep in debt. His car was being repossessed, and he was on the verge of losing the family home, falling several months behind in mortgage payments. He also had outstanding bank loans. In all, Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt, and it, the creditors were moving in fast. Well, now did he lose them? Does he, was he a betting man? Was that his deal? How was no, he, he had a lot of different jobs, and apparently he made some bad investments. Chuck is going to get into it later. <laughs> See, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, tell us what happened the next, Brandy. So he, you know, everybody thought he was normal, and um, but he started telling friends that he was expecting to come into some more money by the end of the year that would improve his financial situation. Oh, thank God. He was going to get a windfall. Wonderful. 
So around that time, Ronald, being the slickster that he was, increased the life insurance policies on his children, Timothy and Elizabeth. Okay. Um, in October of 1974, they were up to $30,000 apiece. Yeah, on a kid that's eight years old and five. Right. See, you know what? It makes me nervous every time I talk to the insurance man. Because I know myself, you know, you know what we, I ain't making a fortune. It ain't, I ain't making them rain here, Timmy. But, and, but, uh, it, but you, he, he's starting to see you as not a very safe bet. Is that what you're worried about? Well, no. Yeah. Renee seems to place a high value upon me mm-hmm. when yeah. she's talking to the insurance people. Yeah. More than you were. <laughs> I'm worth like $38 alive, and I believe about $380,000 mm-hmm. Never, be, never yes. be worth more alive than that. I can't even eat the cooking around the house anymore, Timmy. Yes. Yeah. So Ronald also began trying to obtain cyanide, which you couldn't order online. No, this is 1974. It was probably a little... This was pre-internet. Yeah. First, he tried through his job at Texas State Optical, and later he went to the Curtin Curtin Matheson Scientific Company in Houston. Hmm. Do they sell cyanide? Uh, I believe so. Okay. But they only sell it in uh, large quantities. They told him they only sold deadly poison in large quantities, so you either wipe out a city or you wipe out no one. Well, you you got to choose. So the salesperson, being the helpful motherfucker that he was, directed him to where he could buy a more minimal amount. Okay. Uh, The O'Brien family had spent uh, Halloween, the 31st of October of 1974, at a friend's home in Pasadena, Texas, where Ronald... They have the Rose Bowl there. They don't. Oh. uh, Where Ronald O'Brien volunteered to escort the children on their candy-collecting rounds. So it's trick-or-treating time. Okay, so he's taking the kids. And he's taking them out. Taking his kids. Because he's a good guy. His kids and the neighbor's kids. Yeah, because he's a winner. Okay. So it was raining, and they just decided they were just going to go to the close houses on their street and come home because it was raining. Oh, you man. Know what dude. happened to me one time? No. So no, after no, visiting. This 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 true story. Uh, one time it was raining real hard. Mm-hmm. My mom stopped at the Walgreens, bought us like a 10-pack roll of Lifesavers, uh-huh. came home and would not let us go out trick-or-treating. Really? I remember going trick or treating in the rain, and we'd have a plastic, or we'd have paper bags, and then the mm-hmm. bags would get wet. Bags would get wet. Candy. candy get. We had always had pillowcases. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you a quick one about that cyanide stuff. Tell now. me a little bit about pillars first. Pillars? Yeah. <laughs> pillars. No, stop talking. Dirty pillars. No. Oh, dirty pillars. Angie. Angie song. And her dirty pillars. All right. But no, this is cyanide. Let me tell you what it does to you. What you know? We, I I, I, I leave for three weeks. I was in the uh, I was in you know I was in the staffing business and I had a company called Green Industries of all things, and they uh, they nickel plated things. So this guy that was my contact, I swear to you, he looked like a movie character if you made a troll. He looked like somebody one of those trolls on Harry uh-huh. Potter that worked in the bank, just like that. And. Uh, I said, you know, I got a little bit of concern because I've heard that this stuff can eat through your your nose. It'll eat through the stuff in your nose. And he said, oh, you know, that's just a rumor. That I mean, that's just false facts that people talk about. Did he say this as he's like blood's coming out of his nose? No. And then he says to me, he says to me, plus we have our people checked once a year. <laughs> I was like, well, if you get, well safety now, first. There's these big cauldrons, all right. Big call, you know what cauldrons, of course. 
big cauldrons of this steaming-ass chemical that they're using, and you'll go walk up on this catwalk over the top of them. Sounds safe. And he yes, and he says here if you know you know you can come. He's giving me a tour, and he's like, well, up there. So he's trying to get me up on this catwalk. I said, no, I ain't going up on the catwalk. He said, no, it's it's okay. I said, no, it ain't okay. I ain't going up. Over, I don't know what the hell's down in those cauldrons. I ain't walking up on the catwalk. What's wrong with you? And he said, it, the stuff ain't gonna hurt you. I've been working here twenty years, and look at me. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I didn't say out loud, yeah. I just thought to myself, hell yeah, you probably look like Burt Reynolds when you started here. But now you look like a troll live under a bridge because of these chemicals. Are you getting to something with cyanide? They, they finally got shut down because to nickel plate you need to use cyanide. They was dumping raw cyanide into the sewage. Okay. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. was, that was a long way around there. Yeah, it's like the radium girls. Remember they made watches and they used radium? Yeah. And to make the, to paint the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Watches the hands, the face of the watch, and a lot of them died. Yeah. Yep. Are we all ready now? Yes. Okay. Good. If you get stay on subject. Yeah. So after visiting a home where all of the lights were off and the occupant failed to answer the door, the children grew impatient and ran ahead to the next home, while Ronald O'Brien lollygagged behind. Ronald later later told police that someone in the darkened home, who only opened the door a crack, handed him five pixie sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Which are in tubes full of nasty ass sugar. They're sour as hell. Oh, I, I love the pixie sticks. sticks. I want to make clear we're not talking about the cheap ass ones they have today in the paper little container. These no, were the big plastic, plastic ones. ones. The yeah. big plastic yeah. ones, yeah, yeah. You can keep them all, they go all yeah. night for you. Yeah. So he handed him enough, just happened to hand him enough for the children in his group. It's very nice of him. He claimed to only see a hairy arm through the door. Now, how fucking ridiculous is this goddamn story? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. We got a wolf man on his right. street just passing up big so, sticks. Eventually, so Ronald, I guess, not seeing anything wrong with that, uh, caught up with the group and gave all the kids their 21 inch pixie stick. No. This, I mean, this is the nice pixie sticks. This was the big-ass yeah. pixie At stick. the end of the evening, O'Brien gave two of the sticks to the neighbor's kids and one to each of his kids, Timothy and Elizabeth. Upon returning home, Brian gave the fifth piece of candy to a 10-year-old boy whom he recognized from his church. So he's a giver. Yeah, I wonder. I bet someone got stuck with that lime green one or the yellow oh, one. The yellow one that pissed me off. Oh yeah, because the yellow one just ain't no good. Yeah, they should do chocolate. Really? I mean, not red, cherry or uh, stra- uh, strawberry, strawberry, or grape or orange. Even the orange is borderline. Yeah, bo- yeah, yeah, it's borderline. You know, they make, they make lifesavers, and you always get those green or yellow ones. Omg. Yeah. Now, if the yellow one's Everyone the pi- likes the cherry, ones. if the yellow one's the pineapple one, that's good. Mm-hmm. But if you get the tropical fruit, but God damn, who likes a lemon lifesaver? Who know? Who even invented that shit? I don't know. Probably the same people that like butterscotch. Yeah. So anyway, butterscotch is a is a upper class. Here, here, I'm gonna here, here, here. Here's a little known fact for you: butterscotch is neither butter or scotch. Exactly. That's why it's 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 a combination of two. It's a misnomer, Timmy. Butterscotch <laughs> is a, a misnomer. It is a misnomer, like bearcat. <laughs> yeah, like bearcat. <laughs> okay, so you know, I just, I just need to say, you did really well <clears throat> for your first like three, four days on those protein shakes. T- 
Timmy and I have noticed. I don't give a fuck what you've noticed. Let me tell you what I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed that thing one over there likes to throw up, hey, you want some pizza? Why don't we go and get some Skylight? Why don't we go and do this? I was going to ask if you want to get BW3s today, but I thought that would be out of place. And then you, just right by him. You're his fucking Ed McMahon. <laughs> Nah, that's right, boss. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fucking dipshit. Hey, so, yeah. <laughs> hey, Yeah, that's you. Now, all I want to do. Oh, no. All I want to do is get the fuck out of here, go to my house, have this goddamn stomach ripped out, <laughs> and recover you, you have a, so I can eat some motherfucking yogurt. You know, before you do that, perhaps we should go to La Rosa's and have pizza. Hey, <laughs> yeah, aren't you guys fucking sweet? So, so BW3s, I mean the wings are. <laughs> well, see, I don't like that anyway. BW3s blows. All right, or at least the one here sandwiches. blows. The sandwiches, chicken sandwiches, okay. are good. I don't care. So after the, after, <laughs> after the kids were finished collecting all the candy, they went back to the friend's house where the kids were allowed to eat a few pieces of candy. Okay. Yeah, your parents, you got you got to get this. It's Tra- this treasure trove of candy. I'm not sure why this needs a recap. <laughs> and, then, and your parents was like, yeah, you can have two pieces. It was pretty straight for three pieces. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't yeah. eat it all right. And yeah, they give you those bit of honeys that you can chew on for like a month and a half. Or that. <laughs> and you know the little some bitches are sneaking down in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. Because you wake them up for school the next day. And they ain't buzz. even gone to sleep yet. They're yeah. still. Yeah. Now, I do got it. But what, what I was getting to, devil, and... and before she interrupted. Before you interrupted us and started on your rant and tirade against us, is is this story about all the delicious candy, Reese cups, Snickers bars, yeah, uh, Mallow bar, Mallow Mallow Mars, uh, yeah, those kind of. I milk, mean, milk milk duds, milk duds, mm-hmm. uh, Heath bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is that? I mean, is it bothering you reading this stuff? You know, knowing that what's bothering me is you're not just punching you in the, the face. Uh, That's what's bothering uh, me you're, right now. You're eating those things with ow, ow. <laughs> See, that is aggressive behavior. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this this liquid no, diet is making you mean. Aggressive would be if, would be if I got up out of my chair and went after him. But see, I didn't even have to do that. All right. See, so, now you need to do that in next week. You'll mess up your stitches, so you have to be careful. Don't you worry about me. Do you get stitches or staples? Both. Can we post a scar? You cannot. So, they go back to the friend's house. They're going to eat a few pieces of candy. So, one of the little friends reaches for a pixie stick, and Ronald leaps over the coffee table because <laughs> he's not guilty at all. Well, see, that should be <laughs> that should raise concerns. Leaps yeah. over the coffee table. You can't have that fucking pixie stick. <laughs> yeah. Um, the friends thought it was a bit odd, but Ronald said the candy contained too much sugar to be eaten late at night, which I don't know why it's his concern. It mm-hmm. wasn't his motherfucking kid, but whatever. Well, he's just, he's, he's a concerned adult. He's a concerned so, so when they get home to Deer Park, Ronald t- tells his eight-year-old son, Timothy, he can choose a single piece of candy before bedtime. This time, Ronald, Ronald puts the... Puts the pixie stick in his kid's hand. Oh, you have this. <laughs> you can have you can have anything you want as long as it's this. Yeah. So he gives well, it to Timothy. And, yeah, so there he gives it to Timothy. It's mm-hmm. not because it's not too much sugar. It's like when they kid. tell you to t- pick a card, any card. They got one sticking out. sticking out. out. And, <laughs> and he was so helpful because Timothy couldn't get the candy out of the straw. 
So Ronald helped him out. No, that's nice. Helped him get that out. He's a concerned parent. So after tasting the candy, Timothy complained, complained, complained that it tasted bitter. So Ronald, being the helpy helperton that he is, Mm -hmm. gave him some Kool Aid to wash it down. (laughs) Oh man, that's nasty. Washing pixie sticks down with Kool Aid. Timothy immediately began to complain, shockingly, that his stomach hurt, and ran to the bathroom where he began vomiting and convulsing. Minutes later, Timothy ran to the bathroom again. Ronald claimed that he held Timothy while he was vomiting, and the child went limp in his arms. Uh, they immediately rushed. He immediately rushed Timothy to the local hospital, but by the time they got there, Timmy was dead. Aww. The autopsy. Those bastards. Listen to what I'm saying. Timmy. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. The autopsy. Not autopsy. Autopsy. <laughs> the autopsy would later show that Timothy Timmy died of poisoning. Police did not initially res- uh, did not initially suspect Robert of any wrongdoing until Timothy uh, until the autopsy revealed that the pixie stick he consumed was laced laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. The five pixie sticks O'Brien claimed to receive were recovered by authorities from the other children. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Including his daughter, none of which, none of them had consumed the candy yet. Um, an 11-year-old boy who was given one of the tainted pixie sticks was found asleep in bed later that night, cradling the tube of poison candy in his arms. He had been unable to pry out the staples oh, he was O'Brien cut- had used to reseal the plastic container. He was cuddling with death. The little boy did not have enough strength to get to get it open, so he that's what saved his life. I know. Yeah, what he re, what it happened is it was these you know the plastic containers, and he resealed mm-hmm. them. And when he resealed them, he put no it, shit. Yeah. That's what he did with yeah. the staples was resealing. Yeah, to keep so, the stuff inside. So in these in, in these uh, pixie sticks uh, were enough cyanide to kill three adults. Well, they're big ass pixie sticks. Yeah, you only need to kill one person. Well, yeah. Um, now, well, no, he actually he, should have killed two of he, them. No, that's why he did it. It was like the what I think happened with the uh, Tylenol murders. I think it was somebody trying to wanted someone dead, mm-hmm. and then they just poisoned a bunch of Tylenol so it make it look like they were just one of the. You well, know, we should do the Tylenol murders one day. Maybe let's do this one first. <laughs> let's See, get through this podcast. If we first. could. Yes. All right. Well, initially, O'Brien was of little help to investigators. 
Accompanying police as they searched the Pasadena neighborhood, the 30-year-old father was unable to remember any details of the house where he got the poison candy or the person who gave it to him. Now, police became a little suspicious of his excuses because O'Brien and his daughter had only taken the children to homes on two streets because it had been raining. Yes, they had a limited number of places they could check. Yes. Yes, Inspector Colombo. <laughs> Clouseau. I think it's, I think it's yeah. pronounced Clouseau. So police suspicions increased after. Now, now, let me get this. Let me get this straight. There's a few house. It's raining, and there is a, there's rain, and that's water coming down from the sky. He recapped the resealing of a pixie stick. And when they go out trick or treating, they only go to a few houses in the neighborhood because it's raining. They don't want to go too far. And so there's only so many houses this these pixie sticks could come from, but he's taking the police around the neighborhood. Yeah, they don't. If they would have had the Colombo raincoats or yeah. the Clouseau raincoats, yeah. they could have gone on forever. Yeah. Continue, but, continue, Colonel. Okay. Now the police suspicions increased after learning that they'd only uh, that none of the homes in the groups had handed out pixie sticks. Yeah, mm. Yeah. Now O'Brien's story story abruptly Boy, you would have been, changed. You would have been fucked if you gave out pixie sticks after. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you would have been. Pixie yeah. sticks are not that popular. They're, they're popular with the younger crowd. Mm. They're, are they? The, how would the, you know? With the seven and under crowd, they're popular. How would you? Know? That's that's how you how do you think he gets those kids in his van. <laughs> That's that's true. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. If you're going above 10, you need to get real chocolate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Detective said he suddenly remembered the suspect was a white man and pointed out the home. Of course, there probably was all white men in the neighborhood. So um, That reminds me of a story. It doesn't. And I, 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 I was going to the Philippines one time, and I was on this, this uh, flight with this guy come, coming back, coming back from the Philippines. And he went over to meet this woman, and he had been talking to her on the Internet. He had spent, I don't know, he said he, spent, he bought her a computer so they could talk and, you know, whatever. He spent thousands of dollars on this one. So he goes over to visit her, and they go into some store, and he said she wanted to buy her parents a $17 box of chocolates. Now keep in mind this guy's already spent two or three thousand on this to impress this woman. But he won't pay for the seventeen dollars box of chocolate. <laughs> they get in a big fight and she dumps him. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile he's he's bought her a computer. He spent, you know, a couple grand to fly over there. <laughs> I ain't spending seventeen on no chocolate. Exactly. Well, they, you know, I guess he figured they could take the cheaper chocolate. Yeah, they didn't need the Godiva chocolate. They got them the pixie stick. Seems kind of uppity. Well, anyway, so he suddenly remembers there's some white guy. And uh, now Ronald said he didn't see the owner's face at home and there was no lights on, but the door cracked. And a hairy arm came out and yeah. handed him five pixie five sticks. Five hairy arms. <laughs> Never trust someone with a hairy arm. No. Well, it's just the fact that it's in the dark. <laughs> I know. Don't All you that see comes it? out is a hairy ass Creaking arm. arms open. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? There you it? go. Yeah. With five pixie sticks. <laughs> now, investigators tracked down the homeowner. It was Courtney Melvin. He was an air traffic controller at Hobby Airport in Houston. Did not get home until from work until 11 p.m. that night. They ruled him out as a suspect when nearly 200 p- people confirmed he was at work 
and he did not have hairy arms. And, and so, no, pla- no planes crashed yeah, during, no, yeah. during so, that period. Yeah, so meanwhile, the community rallied around the O'Brien family. Everyone believed there was a crazy person on the loose trying to kill children. At his son's funeral service, Ronald gave a stirring eulogy that brought most to tears. Yeah, because he was a good guy. Yeah. But, yeah. but, Timmy. What happened? The police remained skeptical. Hmm. A few days after Timmy's burial, the police re- received a call from O'Brien's insurance company to report that O'Brien had attempted to take out life insurance policies on his two children <clears throat> without consulting his wife. Well, you know, I need a no basis. <laughs> he immediately became the prime suspect. After questioning O'Brien's co-workers at Texas Optical, it was discovered he'd been asking around about cyanide. Now, as the investigation furthered, Police learned that he was over $100,000 in debt, and in the 10 years preceding the crime, O'Brien had held 21 jobs. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a resume. Jesus. 21 jobs? How in the hell did he even do that? There was, was He lived in a small town. Was there 21 places to know. work there? How long? What, for what period of time? Um, in 10 years. Okay. So that's... Okay. That's not. It's only two jobs a year. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot. At the time of his well, arrest, a lot. But I mean, he was suspected of theft at the Texas State Optical. He was stealing. What the hell could you steal there? And he was lens close grinders. to being fired. Those fucking lens grinders are worth a fortune on the black market. Eye drops, are they? Yeah, eye drops. Yeah. yeah, he was selling black market eye drops. Now his car was about to be repossessed. Did you ever about the time he put? Um, I know. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> you put uh, breath freshener in his eyes. I was here. Yeah. Now, it's called, Now you know what? <clears throat> I always wondered about this. Mm-hmm. If your car's about to be repossessed, mm-hmm. but it's not repossessed, that means it's possessed. Yeah. So your car is like Christine. Mm-hmm. And we just done a couple on exorcisms, so you need to give exorcism to your car. Yeah. But if it's repossessed, you got to do another re exorcism. Yeah. If you buy your car back after it's been repossessed, is it a re repossessed? I don't know. I actually have my car repossessed one time. How come I'm not shocked by that? It no, I had my car repossessed and they got the wrong car. Oh, I came out, my car was gone. <laughs> I had a '97 Camry. It was silver, <laughs> and I came what out. What was this, 2012? Huh? Was this 2012? <laughs> it was, no, this was like 2004. I had a 97 right. Camry. Come out, my car's gone. Uh-huh. Just gone. Right. And uh, so I thought, who the fuck sold my car? So I called the police and whatnot, and they said, have you called the bank? And, uh, you know, are you up to date on your payments? I said, yeah, I'm up to date on my payments. And, uh... Is someone the bank had come sent the guys after a '97 Camry? Yeah, it was a very common car. Well, it was you know a preventive major. Well, because I used to repossess cars, mm-hmm. and I, and what people would do repo man. He's a repo they man. They did not pay you. You really didn't pay much attention to the license plate numbers. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't. Uh, know who cares? Slay ramble. It's okay. No. No. I mean, how many people Seriously? have had their car repossessed by mistake? 
course you have. I mean, they brought it back to me. It's kind of like having your liver <clears throat> reviewed by mistake. It is. They, but anyway, they brought it back to me. I got pulled over in the Amber Alert because of that car one time, too. But that's another day story for another day. Okay. But no, they, I mean, I called them and... and, and uh, yeah, you got to straighten out. It wasn't... It was actually not my bank that took it. It was it was someone a different <laughs> someone someone had owed, you know, fifth third bank for this car. Well how they do they track it up. to know where it's been then? Uh they told me to call banks. <laughs> so I called and I was like, dude, somebody took my car. And uh so I got it back. But uh That's good. But anyway, police discovered that O'Brien had taken a sweet out. ride, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's a sweet ride by the way. I'll tell you what, ninety seven camera with a V six, I didn't get rid of it till I was Hell, I, I did not get rid of it until... I was say, didn't you just two years ago buy a new car? 2012 or something. Yeah. Yeah. My wife was on me to get a new car for years and years and years. But I like that car. All right, continue, Carl. So police discovered that O'Brien had taken out a life insurance policy on his children in the month preceding Timothy's death. Yeah, that raises suspicion. He took out a $10,000 life insurance policy on both children a month before Timmy's death. O'Brien took out a $20,000, an additional $20,000 on both children, despite the objections of the insurance agency. Why in the fuck they sell it to him then? You can't. Well, we they object probably, to this. They, well, they probably, probably raised eyebrows when you're coming in and taking <laughs> yeah. um, a big uh, policy out on uh, a five and an eight year old. In the days preceding Timmy's death, O'Brien had taken out yet another $20,000 policy on each child. He had these kids up to worth $60,000. Ain't a kid out there worth more than $22, and that's if you can get into the penny bank. Right. And that's if they're, you know, that's if they can go to the potty by themselves. (laughs) Exactly. That's if they can cut grass and, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, O'Brien's... Huh? Get your beer. Exactly. So O'Brien's wife maintained that she did not know about the insurance policies. Police also learned that on the morning after Timmy's death, O'Brien, the first call he made was to his insurance company to inquire about collecting on the policies. Well, isn't that, really, isn't that who Where's you Where's his wife all this time? But isn't that really who you call his insurance company? Wouldn't, be, yeah. wouldn't that be your first That's call? That's your first call. Yeah. yeah if, they, if Dave drops over... Are you going to call 911 yeah, first? he's down there knocking on the coroner's door. You got that death certificate for me? I need that death certificate. Come on. I guess I got to call 911 to get all that paperwork. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you think you'd be able to get that online? Right. right. On your phone. After learning that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween... Now, he did leave without purchasing anything after learning the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds... Police began to suspect O'Brien killed his son. It didn't, well, you know what? Some foul play. Fucking Sherlock Holmes motherfuckers right there. But he's got 48 insurance policies on the kids. He's buying cyanide. One just got poisoned. Some bitch, uh, you, somebody needs to get a damn promotion for thinking that up. <laughs> well, it could have been the guy with the hairy arm. <laughs> the werewolf of the neighborhood? Yeah. So police theorized that he had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children to collect on their life insurance policies. Mm. Christ, even the devil could figure that one out. So they believe that he gave... She's not very bright. Hey-oh! Hey-oh! And and pretty hungry, too. But... (laughs) Hey-oh! 
like the way. You know what I really like, Timmy? Yeah. I like when she's making the shake and she got to shake it up and it's got that metal ball in it yeah. and she just keeps shaking and shaking and shaking. Yeah. You got to see the hand movement, but it looks like uh, it looks like me shaking a blender ball. It looks like your pleasure in your cup. That's what it looks like. I to don't me. know why it looks like that. That's what it looks like. Get your mind out of the gutter, shit. So bird. anyway, they believe the other children. Uh, they believe he gave the other children the candy in an effort to cover up his crime. That's smart. Yeah. Ronald maintained his innocence and refused to cooperate any further with the police once they accused him of killing him. He so, was offended. Now, although police never discovered where O'Brien bought the poison, the search of the O'Brien's home produced a pocket knife which traces of plastic from the candy packages and powdered candy were found. Police believe the knife was used to open the candy Insert the cyanide. All five containers of candy had been laced with enough to kill four men. A grand jury indicted Ronald for one count of capital murder, four counts of attempted murder. He was arrested on November 5, 1974, and entered a plea of not guilty on all five counts. His trial began in May. During the trial, chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified in the summer of 1973. O'Brien contacted him asking about how cyanide, how much could be fatal. A chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how to purchase cyanide. Jesus Christ. He wasn't even making a secret about it. No, he was just running around. with. He might as well have a Michael Myers goalie mask on. Right. I wonder who the killer is in this one. So anyway, friends and co-workers testified that months before Timothy's death, O'Brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide. <coughs> uh, really, almost any interest in cyanide would be unusual. You'd think. And spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. Oh, you know what? What the fuck's wrong with him? Why? He could have just got rat traps and shit and opened up that rat poison. Well, this is a dumb motherfucker right here. But anyway, he probably, he probably had some issues considering he had twenty one jobs and ten. Yeah, twenty one jobs. Yeah, and hundred thousand dollars in debt. No, because that's probably close to a million today. It was Forty years ago. Oh yeah, that was a lot of money back then. <clears throat> O'Brien's sister and brother in law, sister in law and brother in law, testified that on the day of Timmy's funeral, he spoke of using the money of Timmy's insurance policy to take a long vacation and yeah. buy other items. That's not the smartest conversation to have with people. Go to Bahamas for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I understand that. So they now they they searched the uh, his his home mm-hmm. and found calculated tape and account log in Ronald's study. The account log compared his outstanding debt to the money he would receive from the insurance. Mm-hmm. Ronald had the money calculated to the penny. The ledger was dated. Dun dun dun. Two months prior to his son's death. Mm, sounds shady, Colonel. It does sound shady. What do you think, that devil? It all sounds shady. Yeah, he gets charged. Slim shady. Ronald O'Brien. Ronald O'Brien just continued to maintain his innocence. Me? Wasn't me? What are you talking about? Don't look at me. His defense drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner. Uh, the guy yeah, who they gives out candy with yeah. lace with poison and needles and apples and razor blades, whatnot. The old urban legend defense. Wow. Yeah. If that's all you got, you go for it, but that's that's a hard one to sell. On June 3rd, a jury took 46 minutes, less than the required time to get a lunch voucher, to find <laughs> guilt, him guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. He did offer them snacks, though. Yeah. It took them longer... 
just a few minutes longer, 71 minutes, to sentence him to death. There you go. Uh, shortly they, they've, after, had, they've heard enough. Now, shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. Shocking. She later remarried and a new husband adopted her daughter, Elizabeth. Ronald O'Brien was combined at a Huntsville unit in Huntsville, Texas. While at prison, Ronald was shunned and despised by his... He was shunned and despised by fellow death row inmates for killing a child. Well, if death row inmates look down on you... Mm-hmm. They have a code. They have a code. I wonder if uh, his uh, Elizabeth was ever allowed to go trick-or-treating again. I guess not. Uh, she didn't take no shit from Harry on people, that's for sure. Stay so, away from the pixie stick. <laughs> yeah. So inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on his execution date to express their hatred of him. Uh, so the, the, in, the death row inmates uh, organized. Yeah. Okay. So they formed a little union. It's the the He-Man Ronald Haters Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted to, I guess, have a party when he got, got the juice or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ronald's first execution date was set for August 8th at 1980. His attorney set, uh, petitioned for a stay. And the second date was set for May 25, 1982. That was also postponed. A third execution date. Jesus, Why? A third execution date for, ironically, October 31, 1982, the 8th anniversary of the crime. Oh, that would have been poetic justice. Yes. And the judge personally offered to drive O'Brien to the death chamber. There we go. Really? I don't want to put you out. Yeah. I'll take the bus. I'm good. It was to have been the first time Texas executed an inmate by lethal injection. They was going to put a cyanide-laced pixie stick deep up his ass and see how long it took him to convulse and quiver and vomit. Um, but anyway... So like him, wash it down with Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Wash it down, give him a Kool-Aid M&M. M&M's. Sure. Enema. Enema. Thank you. So the Supreme Court delayed uh, yet again to give O'Brien a chance to pursue an appeal to seek a new trial. I got a question. I don't know if this... You know, we're almost to the end of this, and I'll try to wrap it up. Enemas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't what? really get how Why they work. Why is this a topic? I don't get how they work. What do you mean you don't get okay, how they work? You're filling stuff up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're pumping water into your ass or whatnot, some kind of liquid. But doesn't the water, couldn't the water back up and come out of your throat? What's stopping the water? Well, we have uh, Brittany, who's a nurse. I'm sure she'll be able to. Brittany, explain where, where the water from enemas stop for oh us, would God. you please? Well, I was just wondering that, because then you'd have, you know, kind of kind of feces backing up into your throat and whatnot. Oh. Yeah, I mean, think about that. I don't want to think about it. Continue. Okay. So a fourth date was scheduled for March 31st. O'Brien's lawyer saw the Hey-o. first date. <laughs> First of all, he's Ed McMahon. I don't know why you all of a sudden <laughs> take into that. He got a forced stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. <clears throat> a federal judge read it, stamped rejected on the request, Timmy. On March 31, 1984, shortly after a midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville prison, Timmy. In his final statement, O'Brien maintained his innocence, stating that the death penalty was wrong. 
He added, I forgive all, and I do mean all, to those who have been involved in my death. What was his final meal? Did he get God bless you, and may God blessings be always yours. During the execution, a crowd of over 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison, (laughs) including the men on death row, and in the prison realized that the death row guys weren't allowed outside. At the prison. Yeah. <laughs> Had to bring them That's back some in. some kind of violation. There. Yeah. But they was yelling, trick or treat, trick or treat, when he got the got the juice. So, uh, and others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. He's buried in Forest Park Cemetery in Webster, Texas. Timothy is buried in Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston. Wow. So he's the pixie stick murderer. The, he got his just desserts, Timmy. He became known as the candy man and the man who run trick-or-treat. Yeah. And um, it did not say what his last meal was, but Mike, what do you think he would get for his last pixie meal? Pixie sticks. I would say a Big Mac, fries. Some mine. Some strawberry pie. Hey-oh. Hey-oh. Uh, <laughs> what would you... Okay, devil. When they told you you had to go on a liquid diet and you had one meal left, did you even consider it? Did you think about what you was going to eat, what you ate? Went out and had a steak. Did you? Yes. Is that what you did? Did you get some fries and that? What did Steak and baked potato. Hey-o! Hey-o! Dessert? Did you get dessert? How was yeah. it? It was good. Good. It was good. Now, now, now compare that to your <laughs> protein shake. I don't think I need to. Hey-o! Hey-o! <laughs> Okay. So no. Uh, so you you can tell. I mean, me and Timmy can tell. You you look like you lost a, a fairly good amount of weight. Yeah, to me. Yeah, you have lost weight. Uh huh. I mean, is it is the liquid diet thing just not feasible over the long term, or? Do you think it's feasible well, to I mean, not eat got, anything over the long term? How fucking ignorant is that? Well, here's the thing: why the fuck would me. I do that? For they the say long term? if you if you if if you're not taking in enough calories, you're you're going to uh, you're going your metabolism's going to slow down and you right. can't lose weight. Then how do people starve to death, Colonel? Well, there is a fucking question. For you know, you. In, what about uh, Auschwitz? Auschwitz? You, yeah. yeah I, no. The, 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 how about what? Auschwitz? They <laughs> no. Dachau. <laughs> Dachau. Treblinka. No, they, <laughs> no, they did say, you know, one of the one, nutritionists will often, you know, crassly reference that, mm. that, um, you know, if you want to talk about slowing down metabolism and whatnot and everything else, um, those prison camps are a perfect example of what a lack of calories will do to your body. Lack of nutrients, right, right. it wastes away. And we're not making fun of that. I'm no, but um, you know, but it, but it is. You know, nobody had thyroid conditions in right in there. You know, and, and people do have the conditions, but it's. Um, but you know how I guess it. Dieting and eating is so so weird. I yeah, mean, it's it, almost like it, you have to have a balance. Do, you can't just. Yeah, you can't just. It's just almost have, like you have to diet and exercise. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked completely that. fucked up. Okay, yeah. so um, and you know, like exercise is like like one percent too. You know, I mean, yeah, like to losing weight. Yeah, it's no, like, I'm on the treadmill for my my treadmill shows me what I'm doing. I'm on that treadmill. You know, I got sweat dripping off my head, nose and everything else. I've been on scrotum. There. Yeah, oh, my scrotum's all soaking up and uh, soaking soaking wet. 
I got to take a shower. And I looked down on the thing. I burned off like 220 calories. It's like one of those mints. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, what the fuck did I do that for? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not fair. And you know what? How many times you see a, 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 a chubby mailman? You never. They walk all the time. No, my, my mailman come wild on down the street, his belly bigger than his bag. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, yeah, I watched this documentary where they took these people who led sedentary lifestyles mm-hmm. and prepared them to uh, to uh, take part in the Boston Marathon. They did it over a year. Mm-hmm. And um, they all finished. There was 12 of them. Or 12 of them started. 11 of them finished the marathon. They went all the way through for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so marathon is, what, 23 yeah. miles? Do you know how much weight they lost on average? How much? Five pounds. No kidding? Yeah. No it just shows you that it's, uh, if you're talking about losing weight, it's mostly diet. Well, and they said that having uh, your weight is is not people can be very you know you can be very healthy and have a have a higher weight mm-hmm. than uh thinner people you can mm-hmm. be healthier than thinner people yeah okay uh brandy's what's your final thought on ronald clark o'brien the trick-or-treat killer the guy was a dick do you think he should have can't poisoned him with a snickers bar no i think the 56 thing was brilliant strawberry pie hey I'm done talking to you. We're going to be late for our live show. Okay. Um, Okay, uh, Colonel. uh, Brandy, you have any shout-outs? I do. I have have one shout-out today. It's for Angie's friend, um, Lynn. Mm -hmm. Um, She, Angie, asked that we we give her a shout-out. She recently got married to a lovely lady. Congratulations, Lynn. Congratulations. Giving them a shout-out. And then Chuck can do the rest. Okay. All right, uh, Chuck. And thank you, Mary Ray. I got my shout-outs. Of course, I always start out. Who do I always start out with, Timmy? Just do I it. just do it. Tasha. Tasha. You have the lovely Tasha. Lovely Tasha, who, during the murder, I'm going to be protecting. Okay. Um, I don't go into that, but go ahead. Uh, well, I just told her on the page. I promised. I okay. Would we have a History Dweebs, the podcast page, where we interact with our listeners. If, uh, if you would like to get shout-outs, please join us on History Dweebs, the podcast page. Jeff Girdley. Yes, Jeff. Sam Hildebrand. Sammy. And let's see. Jennifer and Linda. Hi, Jennifer and Linda. Missy Dean Horton. Brittany and Chris. Um, Celine. Brittany, you got to let us know what happens to the enema juice. We don't know where it stops. Yeah. Um, Jeff don't Chestnut. Don't say me. <laughs> um, well, don't worry. We'll, we'll, once we get the information, we'll get it to you at the hospital. We'll give it to you at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. They'll right. probably give you an enema at we'll the t- hospital. We'll text you. Well, you'll probably get enemas every day at the hospital. Nope. Um, Teresa Slavin. Hi, Teresa. Tommy Boom Boom. Tommy Boomer Shine. Tommy Boomer Shine. Chanda and Larry. Hi, Chanda. The whole Trowbridge clan. Yes. Colton. Yes. Phyllis Monson. Hi, Phyllis. The lovely Aaron Wentz. Donna Curran and that handsome dog of hers. Brian and Lisa Lawton. Um, let's see. We got Olivia Meyer here, Fallon, um, Katja. Hey, Katja. Katja. Um, Sandy September. Don't forget about her. Bridget Clavey. Hey, Bridget. Brian. 
Brian uh, Byron. But see, now you got me fucking. Byron. Things, Timmy. I'm sorry, Byron. Byron Snellings. Yeah, hi, Byron. Denny Mack. How you doing? Denny McNamara. And, uh, Angie, or I'm sorry, William William Trow. Hey, William. Amber Krupp. Amber. And Gina Mickey Spillane. I really got hey, it Gina. wrong. You are Ed McMahon. hey <laughs> Trixie. Trixie. Stephanie Quicken, Sydney and Michael. Out there, all of them out there in California. Yeah, all they, oh, we got a lot of West Coasters out there. Jamie T. Tarantino. Yeah, hey, Jamie. Laura Baba O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, Sunstar, Tara V, my favorite Bond girl, Bond. Jean Bond, Jean Bond, Lydia, of course, um, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel, Christine Bourgeois, Katie Moorhead, and I want I you know I I. I have never made a comment on that. <coughs> uh, Mary Ray, of course. We, we've got the two Heathers, Heather Poole and Heather, Heather Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca Montanley, Mike Eisenhower, Daniel Fredrickson, Andy Sparaccio, Valer- Valerio Bishop, Nancy Palomino. That's not a real last name. It's close as I can get. Kim Kamikaze. And that one isn't either. That's not either. Jennifer Hawkins. Um, got some new listeners here. We got Sammy James. Um, Sammy James, I believe, is probably a Brit. Um, Yoel Handler. Eddie Rushing. And I've been working on this one to get it right, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Sunyana Satish Adanki. Oh, that's <laughs> Sunyana Satish Adanki. As close as you ever get. Just, yeah, if you heard that one, Sunyana, let me know how close I got there. Now, of course, we uh, we got, we can't go out without talking about the ladies in Colonel's Corner. Okay. Um, Angie Ball. Mm-hmm. Nicola. Allie, of course, and Charlie comes along with Allie. Um, so I'm, you know what? I looked at her name and looked at her name because I've been calling her Sarah Spaghetti. I'm trying to get it right. But the best I can come up with, she's going to be Sarah Mimosa from now on. Mm. Her last name looks like Mimosa. Okay. Um, so Sarah Spaghetti and now Sarah Mimosa. Jen Burdick. Happy birthday to your dad, Jen. Um, Karen Barnes. Uh, Janet Fitzgerald. Francis Doughton. Jessica the Grip Williams. Because Jessica's a massage therapist. Uh, okay. Just can straighten out your bones if she has to. Yeah. Well, Cindy Lou's a roller girl. She can straighten out your bones, too. (laughs) Yeah, she can break your bones, and Jessica (laughs) can fix them. And then roll over you. Amanda Bocce Ball. Mm -hmm. And um, one of of somebody who I um, will talk to now and again, I just found out, we got to congratulate, Trish Hillett. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, She got a new job. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. So she uh, she's, I guess, no, no longer hanging out with the hobos. Or okay. I don't know what she was doing before. I, maybe she, you know, I don't know, and I don't know what a new job is. Okay. But she got a new job. So congratulations to you. You Hopefully. got Kate McCarthy in there. Kate McCarthy. Elise. I got Celine. Elise. Celine. Hold on, Mary hold on. Mary Gray. Lady Beverly. 
Lady Beverly. I'm getting There's my girl, Lady Why Beverly. Why are you throwing these at me? I'm because you're taking too goddamn long. Lady Beverly, mm-hmm. you know you have our hearts here. Um, Celine, of course, right? And uh, Tiffany, did I say the Tiffany? Uh, Tiffany, of course. Um, Tiffany and and that's who who am I missing then, Tim? Uh, if I missed you, give me a shout out on the page and say, hey Colonel, you missed me. Okay. Um and of course, the one, the only, the irreplaceable Let's go. Dottie Scott. Yes. Hi mom. Okay, um, Brandy, where can people find us? They can find us on Facebook. Not that anyone really would want to anymore. Wow. They can find us on Facebook? Yes. We have two Facebook pages. One is History Dweebs, and then the one where we interact with listeners is History Dweebs, the podcast. Uh, so it's a group, so please join us. And uh, the, all the folks that we give shout-out to, most of them are on that page. We have, a lot, we, fun, we have a lot of fun and frolic there. Yes. So History Dweebs, the podcast. Where else? Uh, Twitter. Twitter at History Dweebs One. iTunes. iTunes, please leave us a review. Please leave us a good review. If you leave us a good review, we'll give you a shout out. If you leave us a bad review, uh, the Colonel's going to get upset. Uh, and Stitcher. Stitcher and any of the podcast apps out and there. And Twitter. You Do said we do Twitter? Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Then okay. that's it. Okay. Uh, okay. Any final words of wisdom, uh, Colonel? Uh, no, just don't take the pixie sticks. They yeah, we want to wish everyone a very happy Halloween. we got one more Halloween podcast that will be out next week, so look forward to that. And uh, we'll uh, probably will have a couple of podcasts with just me and uh, the Colonel until Brandy is back, but we're not going to we'll try to limit those, but we'll, we'll put a couple out there just in, until she gets back and she can bring her own unique perspective to the podcast. And then you can eat real food then. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye. Good day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.